Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I'm really, really excited to be with you this week because at the weekend we had the Connective Parenting Conference and it's the fifth time I've run the conference, but this time we went online. Um, Rather pleasingly, I had decided actually back in February we'd go online um, for this event because a number of people had said they couldn't make the kind of in-person live events. And obviously then events and coronavirus overtook us. And so being online was absolutely fantastic. It meant that we could have parents, carers and professionals from all over the UK and actually further afield um, join us at what was a fantastic two day event. We had 10 brilliant workshops and I'm going to tell you kind of my highlights from those workshops shortly. The engagement, the questions, the the learning, the discovery from those two days was brilliant. I know that I came away learning new things with new ideas, with new thoughts, having had lots of kind of aha moments and time for reflection. And I know from the feedback already that lots of parents and those in attendance felt exactly the same. I did have a bit of a kind of uh, exhausted brain at the end of the two days. It was hard work uh, running it and listening and engaging. But one of the beautiful things about it being online meant that I could actually get to the workshops, which was fantastic because when it's in person, I don't get there. And it also meant that for everybody attending, they've got the opportunity to watch all 10 workshops, which we don't normally get when we're obviously at an in-person event. So it was fantastic. The workshops were very different in terms of the topics they were covering and were designed to support families with a wide range of needs, which is always my uh, belief at these events. I'm very, very um, committed, I think is the word, to the idea that connective parenting is for everybody. Connective Parenting MVR works in every family situation, whatever the needs of the family, um, be that, you know, additional needs, birth families, be their trauma backgrounds, be their you know, kinship carers. It doesn't matter, you know, and it also doesn't matter about the age of the children. So I get questions sometimes, you know, can you work with three year olds? Yeah, absolutely. Can you work with 18 year olds? Yeah, absolutely. This approach works with everybody irrespective of age. And it works adult to adult as well. It's not just about parent to child. And so through this workshop, I really wanted to, um, or through the conference, I really wanted to share a broad range of ideas and information um, and kind of new forms of therapy that would help everybody to move forward. And all based on that um, idea of connection with ourselves as individuals, but also with those around us, be that our children, our family members, friends, partners, whoever. And all of the workshops did that really beautifully and really came together. And you could see this really strong theme through all of them. So I thought I'd share some of the things that really um, just stood out for me as I as I was listening in. And one of those was around the power of our words in terms of how they help us think about ourselves but also the beliefs they're instilling in our children as they grow up. And Jacqueline Morton from Life Through Little Eyes was talking about how our words are so, so powerful. And 
it can be very easy for our language to disconnect us from our children, but also to express our own fears and worries in a way that can be positive for our children, but it could also hold them back potentially in their development. And she talked beautifully about how there's no wrong words, but sometimes if we're constantly saying to a child, for example, you know, you're really disorganised, you're always late, you, I don't know, whatever it is, it's negative, that becomes their inner thought pattern. I'm disorganised, I'm always late. And of course, then that's their belief system. So what they do will ensure that they are always disorganised and late, for example. And it just showed us how we say those things unintentionally we're not trying to make our child feel bad or have a negative belief system we all just that's what we would say oh you're so disorganized um with the hope that actually it might help them organize themselves and think about it but actually it can have our our inner thoughts can then go yeah i'm disorganized i'm disorganized i'm disorganized and that becomes our belief pattern and she talked very beautifully about how we can really think about the words and how, you know, there is no right or wrong necessarily. But for some children, there are more helpful words and less helpful words. And I know there's some really good information on her website if you want to have a, a look at that again. I think that the power of communication and the power of our presence in words, but also in actions really came through uh, with Ingrid Ailing talking to us about helping our children be seen and heard. And how when we think about um, helping them understand their identity, which is a lot of Ingrid's work, actually that often, if they're not sure who they are, that can create some very um, challenging behaviours as they try and understand themselves, they understand their position in the world, they understand what's going on for them. But we don't always see those challenging behaviours in a way that is them communicating their struggles and through using the connective parenting NVR approach and really raising our presence and really thinking, how can I help them right now? We can make a huge difference to who they, who our children see themselves as, how they evolve in the world and how they grow. And you'll know I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, you know, spending quality time with our children rather than quantity of time. And really connecting with them at a deep level. But in order to do that, we have to connect with ourselves at a deep level. You know, we have to know who we are. We have to know our own fears and our own triggers. And, and as Jacqueline said, actually expressing those and making all emotions normal is a really key part of being connected with ourselves and with our children. And it was lovely just thinking about how those two things really mould together. You know, if your children are struggling, then sometimes their behaviour can and often does have a huge impact on us as the adults caring for them because it's very hard to parent a child who is really struggling themselves and potentially is being very aggressive towards us we will get to the point where actually we struggle to do that and that's I'm going to say normal that sounds that doesn't sound great um, but it's not uncommon certainly in my work with parents to experience that because when you are going through that, it feels horrible and you disconnect. And so it is about really reconnecting with ourselves so that we can reconnect with our kids and help our children understand who they are. And I think that feeds very much into what Nikki Edwards was saying um, around children's anxieties. You know, we have to think about our own anxieties and helping our children. And Nikki is our uh, resident child and teen therapist in the Connective Parenting Hub and she was talking a lot about how we can help our children 
um, with any anxiety they may be feeling. And of course, we know that at the moment with a pandemic, anxiety levels are much higher amongst us as adults, but also for our children. And, you know, if we can create predictability, consistency and structure in their lives, that will help them to feel less anxious around certain things. And and being that kind of that structure helps all of us, not just our children, but it helps us as well. I think particularly at the moment in a world that feels potentially unsafe, that is changing rapidly day by day. It's very hard sometimes to feel safe to know what you can do um to know you know what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do and i think talking about them talking about what they can do what they are able to do and and having that real firm structure makes a huge difference to helping them uh, with anxiety levels and so that was fascinating to to really look at in a bit more detail and i think it it links into you know the language we use and how we're talking to them and how we feel about ourselves and how connected we feel with ourselves, because if we're disconnected and we're anxious, then our children will pick up on that. And that's not to say that we should never feel that emotion. Of course, it's a, it's a normal human emotion. But actually talking to them about it, helping them understand that everybody feels those emotions is, is really important because then they know there's nothing wrong with them, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that's really, really important. We also had um, kind of following on from that and in terms of helping ourselves and looking after ourselves and connecting, we had um, a fantastic workshop by the Ecosensory Therapy team. And Ecosensory Therapy is a new form of uh, therapy based out in nature with occupational therapists and who really, it was fascinating. They are using nature, so literally <laughs> out in the garden, out in the woods, um, as the basis for their therapy and they're finding so, huge benefits of this and so many children finding it hugely beneficial and of course at the moment when actually being inside is quite hard being outside and being in the woods with somebody allows them to do that therapy and not only is it an amazing way of um you know supporting people with their physical health maybe from an occupational therapy point of view but obviously it's fantastically uh, good for our mental health and we know that being outside is good for all of us it's good for our mental health it relaxes us it calms us being out in nature is really powerful um, and I know there's been a lot around recently about kind of the power of getting out particularly in a lockdown and walking through you know whatever nature you can find be that your local park or the woods or farmland depending on where you live and I know I know personally that it's hugely beneficial for me. I always feel better when I've been outside, um, when I go out for a walk and get outside in nature and just relax and chill that sense of space, that sense of calm, listening to the birds, listening to the, you know, the, the water in the stream. All of that stuff is very, very relaxing. So ecosensory therapy is a way of combining all of those things and they're getting phenomenal results by it. Uh, so I would highly recommend looking them up um, and finding some more information. They've got up information coming for parents very soon um, and courses and things. So it's worth looking at because it was really powerful. And following on from that, we also had um, the brilliant Ali uh, Neal from Midlands Occupational Therapy talking to us about um, sensory processing and sensory diets and how we can support our children with any kind of sensory issues they might be having. Um, and 
the different things we can be doing that help them regulate and connect to their bodies. So that theme of connection, of course, is really running through both the ecosensory workshop and Ali's workshop as well. Because if we are not able to understand our body, read our bodies, connect to it, that's going to have a huge impact um, on our health and our ability to regulate, on our well-being, all of those things. And so by thinking about the work that an occupational therapist can do with this, we can help our children and ourselves to connect. Um, and Ali shared lots of great resources. Um, and her kind of one of the top things that I took away from her session was to start with proprioception because it works with everything and it's the organiser of all sensations. So it really helps, um, increases alertness, it decreases anxiety, it's the feel-good bit. And, you know, if we move more in general, that's going to help us. So that was the fantastic thing, something for me that is very simple and easy to do and can have a profound impact on us. Um, so you could easily combine your eco-sensory, you know, getting outside, doing some exercise and that is helping your body regulate you know we all know if we i don't know if you've got younger children if you can get their wellies on and get them to jump in puddles or just get them to jump in puddles without wellies um you, know, you can see the difference um and one family i know who were at the um conference went out on sunday morning and spent the morning in the woods and found the difference in how their whole family were in the afternoon was really really noticeable um, just from spending a, a morning outside playing in the woods. So I think we can see some huge benefits straight away from just being outside. And I think that's really, really powerful. It's something we need to be really thinking about. Um, you know, how can we carry this on even post lockdown, making sure that actually we are using our outside world. We are using those natural resources that are there that don't cost us anything to use, that are easy to get to easily accessible free and and great fun and great for our health and and work for everybody i know it's not easy if you've got teenagers getting them outside isn't always easy uh but as several parents have said to me you know it's a battle to get them outside but once i've got them outside actually they quite enjoy it and there's and i can see the benefit although you know being a teenager they're often not going to admit that they've had a nice walk um you know but if we can do it even if we can just get them out into the garden for a little bit that can help um you know just getting them kind of outside in the fresh air out in the sunshine all of those things getting some vitamin d topping that up is all really beneficial to their health um so i, I think that's you know hugely important we had on a slightly different topic um a fantastic workshop by another workshop by nikki edwards looking at teenagers and some of the issues that can occur particularly when we're thinking about social media and being online and how we can um, keep them safe by being aware. This was a fairly hard workshop to hear in terms of what can happen and what's going on in the world, um, but a hugely powerful one. And actually, you know, the underlying kind of thing through that, again, is about connection. It is about, you know, stay connected with your teen, understand what they're doing, understand who they're talking to, make sure they know the door is open so that if they going down a hole or they're worried about something that's happening online they know that they can come and talk to you and that you are there for them and again that comes back to being connected you know this is the the bit in the middle that where they all connect you know if our children feel disconnected from us they're not going to tell us something and that could cause problems in the longer term um so i think her workshop was really powerful 
And we also had one by Ali Brown, who is the um, lead for the FASD hub in Scotland, which is run by um, Adoption UK Scotland. And she was talking about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and how A, how to recognise it, how to get a diagnosis and how to support children um, who may have it. And what I hadn't realised is that within the general population, this is much more prevalent than autism, for example. Yet I suspect most of us know a lot more about autism than we do about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Um, And I think that's really, really interesting. And in terms of the impact alcohol has on um, a child in the womb, it is much worse than um, drugs, for example, and has a long term impact on the child. Whereas we don't believe at the moment drugs do. It kind of comes out of the system at birth when they're um, withdrawing from it. So it's really it was a really interesting workshop. Um, And if you weren't at the conference and you want to find out more, Ali and I actually recorded a podcast back in May. I think it was um, all around FASD. So you, you can have a listen to that and get some more information. It was, yeah, really, really interesting. So I just wanted to share really those thoughts um, around the conference. I ran a couple of workshops as well around challenging behaviour and around using um, connective parenting NVR with children on the ASD spectrum or who have PDA. Because I truly believe that this approach works for every child. We adapt it to meet their needs and therefore it's, their needs are kind of irrespective of whether or not this approach will work because we are adapting it to meet their needs. And when we come from a place of connection and understanding that behaviour is often um, fear based or an inability to communicate what it is or as an inability to communicate what it is they want to communicate, then we understand how this approach can work for everybody. It's not about them being naughty or not behaving properly or whatever it is. It's about them not knowing how to tell you what it is they need to tell you. Be that I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm hungry, I'm frustrated, I'm scared, whatever it is. And when we use this connective approach, when we come from a place of connection, we can help every single child. Every single child. And I truly believe that. But it does need to come from us as the parents being willing and prepared to potentially change how we are parenting to look at ourselves first and say okay what can I do differently what do I need to do differently how can I connect do I understand my own triggers and my own beliefs around the way things should and shouldn't be done and the impact that might be having on how I connect with my child and that isn't always easy but when we do that we see huge changes within the family setting at home and you know I am very fortunate to have worked with a lot of amazing parents who have done that and have seen the changes at home just by sometimes really small, you know, tweaks to language, tweaks to behaviour, those types of things. And it really does help. So that is all for this week's podcast. Um, I absolutely love the conference. I find it an amazing event. It's tiring and I'll be honest, I was very tired on Saturday night afterwards. But I really do enjoy it. And I hope that if you were there, um, you enjoyed it and you found it beneficial and you've come away with something from the conference. And I think you always, these events, even if you're hearing something you've heard before, you often hear it differently or your child is a different age. And so you hear different things out of it. 
And I know, as I said, the feedback has been brilliant. And I hope that I've shared just some of the top tips uh, that or takeaways that I took from the conference this year. Um, and I hope that, that is beneficial for you. As I said, when we come from a place of connection, everything else starts to uh, slot into place. So that's all for this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. Uh, thank you for joining me and I look forward to seeing you next week.